Hello and welcome to the second episode of TP with TP. That's the podcast with Tom Polos. We have an amazing program for you guys today. From HBO's True Blood, Deborah Ann Wool joins me, as does marathoner and activist EJ Scott. Also, a guy from my apartment complex claims he's going to drop by. I'll believe it when I see it. Hopefully you guys will hear it. You're listening to the podcast with Tom Polos, a.k.a. TPUNTV. All right, welcome back to TP with TP. We're here with Deborah Ann Wall. Uh, she is, am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, Wall, like bowl. Wall, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> Walling for apples. <laughs> um, and so she is best known for her role as Jessica Hamby mm-hmm. on HBO's True Blood TB on TP with TP. That's right. Um, you've also seen her on uh, such television programs as The Mentalist, Law and mm. Order SVU, CSI, My Name is Earl, Er or ER to mm-hmm. some, Life, and uh, such uh, films as Mother's Day, Seven Days in Utopia, coming out in Catch 44. Wow. And You make uh, me sound much more accomplished me. than I feel. Well, that's the thing. You should feel really accomplished because you are the first Deborah that comes up on Google. That's true. <laughs> that's got to make you feel you know, really good. There was a day I was really happy when Google stopped, or like when I was entering my name, when it stopped auto-correcting me. Really? How yes. did it auto? So it auto correct because it was like, did you mean? Well, well, like I would put in wool, like W O L L, and it would make it wool automatically, thinking oh. I meant W O O L. But like, like a year ago, it stopped correcting me. I was like, I made it. That's I you, made it. Truly, you have. I mean, Google you, recognizes me. We're definitely not in Europe because there's no credit crisis exactly. uh, on your IMDb. <laughs> um, and all your success, we want to congratulate you and we want to welcome you and thank you thank for coming on the show. Um, we're big fans, and you. You're from New York, mm-hmm. like a certain host of a podcast. Yes. Um, you're from Crooklyn. <laughs> which city, Los Angeles, which you now currently reside, or Brooklyn, would you say has more hipsters? Whose jeans are skinnier? Skinny. I mean, I mean, they're different places. What What was sort of the transition from Brooklyn mm-hmm. to L.A.? Well, I, Brooklyn has more hipsters, I would say. Probably only because they're more accepted in Brooklyn than they'd be out here. Right. Um... I don't know. I'll always have a fond fondness for New York City. I really will. You know, it's great. I go back there and I get homesick and you see all these great, interesting, cool people walking around. Um, I'm all for that. Do yeah. you go back to your high school? Do you go back to, um, what is it? The Packer, Packer Collegiate Packer Institute? Collegiate Institute. Uh, yes, that was a college prep school. My, my, I went for 12 years. I don't go back very often, actually. <laughs> um, and they ask me for money all the time, but I'm like, you're a private school. Don't yeah. you ask the people who are going there for money? Exactly. Yeah. Please, shaking your pockets dry. <laughs> um, now, the, the, so as far as an adjustment in living from Brooklyn to LA, you know, was, was that just, you're like, I, I like the sun now? Or, or, or is it sort no, of just... No, I is hate it, the sun. Yeah, cue the sun. I always hate Harris. the sun. I am, I am pale as death by nature. Me too, it's frightening. Pull, oh, come on. You are way darker than me. Oh, thank it's not you. Even, it's not even a competition. But yes, no, the sun is my enemy. I was born to play a vampire. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite stories to tell, actually, is uh, with the, one of our makeup artists... Um, had to bring out his death palette. It's like the palette that he puts on zombies and stuff like that is my natural skin tone. Death palette. His death palette. Is that in a Ben Nye kit or any It's not a Ben Nye palette? kit. It's an illustrator kit. But uh, literally my skin foundation is called Ghastly. <laughs> if you can believe it. That's some of the reviews of this program. Ghastly. Um, <laughs> that's really funny. So another difference between New York and L.A., 
um, as many people in the industry, not the coal industry, the entertainment industry, Mm -hmm. would note is that New York is sort of more known for stage, um, whereas Los Angeles is, you know, known for television, film, etc. You, being classically trained Mm -hmm. as a theater actor, um, how sort of has that translated? How difficult was it to switch mediums? Is it as simple as sticking to a story, or did you have any struggles early on? Um... For me, the the artistic process remains the same. My homework is the same. How I feel about it is the same. The commitment. Uh, what really changes is the sort of the technique, the craft surrounding it. You know, we all learn in theater how to project our voices, how to um, you know face the audience, even though you're talking to someone to your left, things like that. Um, and with the film, it's a similar, except that they're different. It's um, it's sorry, I should say uh, similar. Um, uh, techniques, but you're using them to a different end. Uh, so instead of there being an audience, there's a camera, and the only your energy only has to go as far as that camera, not as far as the back of a house. Or and a lot of it's just adjusting to to fit those. Got it. You said those TV shows that do have audiences. Can you imagine if like True Blood oh had a, True Blood in front of a live studio audience be with a, a laugh track? Completely different show. <laughs> I would not be comfortable doing most of the scenes I have to do in front of a live audience. Well, that, that's Twenty a, crew members is enough. Yeah, that, that's the thing. It, it's True Blood, pretty saucy show. That's do you, true. Do you ever look at uh, a script and you just go, "Dear God"? Or, no, or, or, I'm or, always no, excited. Or, well, yeah, do, but do you ever say this is too much, or you know, or do you ever look at it and you, you cringe? Like, my mother <laughs> is going to watch this. My father is. Going to watch this. my boyfriend my boyfriend is gonna watch this um i mean yes i think that stuff but i i trust our writers so much and i trust alan ball so much and they do it very well our directors they're always you know they always call and they talk to you about those scenes to make sure that it's done in a way that you're comfortable with and uh, we found some really good compromises about what they need versus what i'm willing to do Ooh, that's very nice. what a professional atmosphere yeah you know it's not tv it's hbo it's hbo <laughs> it's not tv it's tp with tp <laughs> um so as we mentioned before your list of credits is absurd it's uh you know you couldn't even find on freecreditreport.com but <laughs> it's it's staggering the people you've worked with you've been in films with such people as bruce willis forrest whitaker robert duvall melissa leo danny glover parker posey annette benning paul dano and more yeah and Lucy Liu, I mean, Marsha Gay Harden, Marcia Gay Harden Steve Coogan, the, the yeah. sky's the limit. Do you ever get starstruck or are you a stronger person than me? <laughs> Slash, are you just over it now? Or are you used to people getting starstruck by you? How, you know, are you, yeah. is there any sense of child in you that gets wowed or? I've never been a starstruck kind of person. Yeah, you're, you're more into planets than stars. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, you have to be really big before you make me right. me uh, tremble at the knees. <laughs> uh, no, I've never been, you know, a lot of people are into getting autographs and meeting mm-hmm. people on the street, but I'm I'm happy to admire people from afar. And if I get to meet with them and, and, and work with them. Like from the other side of the park, you're like sketchy. <laughs> right, that's fine. I'm the, I'm the sketchy person <laughs> with the binoculars yeah. in the building, 50 stories yeah, up, exactly. looking at you, get your coffee. No. <laughs> No, I mean, but if I get to work with someone who I've always admired, I just look at it as a great opportunity, and I, I don't tend to get too too shy about it. Well, you've had amazing, you know, success so far. You have amazing opportunities. Do you see any of the actors you've worked with? You look at their career. You look at, you know, what they've accomplished. Is there anyone you look at who you've worked with or who you've yet to work with that you look at their career and you say, I'd be happy with that? Mm. Is there anyone, not necessarily you model off of or you aspire to, right. but there's anyone you look at and you're not jealous, but you're like, that's that's something I'd like well, someone, from this world. Certainly. Someone like Marsha Gay Harden. 
um, who has consistently played incredible kind of characters and very interesting women. She's done a lot of leads, but uh, they're not based solely on how cute you are or propping up some man necessarily. Um, so I've, I've really, I love her commitment and the kind of range of stories that she's been able to tell. Speaking of, you know, careers, your most recognizable character, as we sort of talked about, at least to the general public, <laughs> is this baby vampire, mm-hmm. this ghastly skin-toned <laughs> um, Jessica Hamby, which is a hilarious name, I yes, find. Yes, it is. Um, I like the um, the sort of ship names that come out of that, because we had, like, we had the Hoyt, and now we have Jason, and so forth. So we've had we've had Hoytica, all kinds of things like that. My favorite so far, though, for Jessica Hamby and Jason Stackhouse is Ham House. Oh. <laughs> I think that might be my favorite ship name ever. That's really funny. I like ship names in general. Yeah. Were you worried when the show took off that you were going to get pegged or pigeonholed in vampire roles or... You know, I'm sure you got other offers to play vampires. Do you have any stories about that? I mean, there, are you, did you think that never, you were going to get stuck playing yeah. a bloodsucker? Because there are a lot of bloodsuckers in Hollywood. There are. Talking to you, agents. Um, but, um, yeah. Thoughts on that? Um, Pshaw. Pshaw. I have actually never been asked to play a vampire outside of... Uh, True Blood. Not after I booked True Blood. Well, would you like to play a vampire? Would I like to? <laughs> I, I, first. I, I, <laughs> I would love to play a vampire again. It would have to be a very different kind of vampire, mm-hmm. obviously. But actually, I I never worried about it because it didn't seem to happen. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the parts that I was going out for or that I, I booked were very different from Jessica. Um, I think one that speaks to how unique a character she is, um, but also the fact that Hopefully that my work shows that I'm capable of more than just the genre, I, I hope. And uh, I'm, I look forward to what I get to do in the future. Now, what would you say are the main differences between you and Jessica? How much of yourself are you bringing to that? Well, obviously you can't totally count yourself out when right. you're creating a character. A part of you is in there. Um, I like to think of it as really your characters are an extension of yourself. Your characters allow you to tap into parts of your own personality that you don't play with on a regular basis, uh, either because you're scared and there are consequences for biting people and things like that, <laughs> um, you know, or just because of, you know, the way your life has evolved, you don't have a need for a certain side of yourself. So when you get to play a character, it's saying, oh, well, here's here's a chance for me to play with my wild side without any real life consequences. And it's really easy to go there when it's just play. Right. Now, speaking of play, everyone speaks so highly of HBO, working with HBO. Mm. It's a completely the gold standard of television, even though it's not TV. <laughs> it's, HBO, it's TV with TV. Um, what does separate HBO, since you've been on dozens of other you know, programs, net, different networks, pretty much all the major ones, what has... What puts it above? Is it just the fact they care so much about the story that they're... Is it, is it something outside of just having lots of money to deal with? Mm. Well, it's collaboration mm-hmm. and it's trust. Uh, HBO trusts their artists uh, like really no other company I've worked with. They don't interfere. They give advice and suggestions. But if you make a choice in what direction you want to go, they support you in that choice. And it, you end up feeling like a valued member of their company. And I think all of their programs benefit from that because every single show on that network has a very different quality to it. Um, and yet they all feel like HBO. So it's, it's, a, it's really great that they, they give you that freedom. What's your favorite show on HBO besides True Blood? Mm. 
you know, I just went to go see Enlightened. Oh yeah, I saw a billboard for that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I enjoy Game of Thrones and Boardwalk Empire and some of the, mm-hmm. the new shows that have Hard come Knocks, out. Hard Knocks, Destroy the New York Jets. <laughs> but, um, but Enlightened was really interesting. We, I just saw the first and fourth episode, I think they played for us. Is that Laura Dern? Laura Dern and mm-hmm. uh, Mike White, I think his name is. And um, they, it's just really kind of lovely and interesting and... Um, it's a good topic, I think, to talk about right now in these sort of trying economic times we're in. You're very thoughtful and sensitive yourself. Do you find yourself ever looking at reviews of your own work or ever looking at reviews of True Blood or crazy fan pages? Or I like asking people who mm-hmm. have those mm-hmm. outlets, mm-hmm. how much attention do you pay, if any? And um, what about your family? Does your mom or... Dad, read into any of it your boyfriend etc yeah that's a that's a very good question um, thank you <laughs> my my mother is very involved in the facebook's and the twitters and all yes. of that and she reads a lot of the reviews um the plural she likes to stay involved in in that um i have a a webmaster who runs a facebook and a twitter fan site for me um i am absolutely tempted by that i would be lying if i said i didn't um because as an actor you want your work to impact people and in a way i'm just curious how it is impacting them um it's something though that i do not recommend that people do and i try to avoid it as much as i possibly can sometimes i still look up a review here and there or i stumble across a board not so unintentionally and um (laughs) and it's it's not really fair uh to either party because these are people who are writing anonymously so they don't have to censor themselves at all and um they're writing about something that really they don't understand (laughs) they don't know how many hours i put into the work and what my thoughts behind it are um you know they're just writing the impression that they have so while that's valid for them, it doesn't help me in any way. So it really would just be torturing myself. <laughs> right, absolutely. I, I, like I said, I can't imagine the microscope you're under. Uh, any, any single microscopes, um, any paparazzi stories? Anyone try to find you? Anyone? Do you throw no, a ball cap I on? Do you, really you, do you wear any. a Ronald Reagan mask around so I no one can notice you? I don't have very many paparazzi stories. I don't get stopped very often. I'm the a really, I'm like a really bad dresser. Yeah. Um, and I don't wear any makeup or anything, so people. It's ghastly. I, I can yeah, tell. people don't like notice me. Like I have mm-hmm. to be loitering somewhere you for have anyone to, have to actually. In. Yeah, <laughs> for anyone to actually go. Oh right, that's that vampire girl. Right. Um, yeah. So I don't. I don't really have a problem with that. Um. At, at Comic-Con, I actually I do like to go and attend Comic-Con as a viewer because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a nerd. Like, Huge. You know, nerd. all of the wonderful people there are, you know, because we're an amazing community. Yes. And, uh, Talk nerdy to me. <laughs> so there I will dress up. One, because it's fun, and two, because it just gives me a little bit more ease with which to, to navigate the halls. Um, but yeah, not really any crazy paparazzi stories. They tend to leave me alone. Well, people don't seem to leave you alone about your hair. Oh. People ask you about your hair because there's a it's it's great. You got a great head of hair. <laughs> but there's sort of a unknown story behind it for most or I know it's not that unknown. I talk about it all the time the fact that it's dyed. Well, not that it's dyed, but the fact that it's like dyed with, you know, something you get at CVS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, I just do it myself with like a $7 bottle yeah. <laughs> from the drugstore. Uh, I've done it that way since I was 13, 14 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're a natural blonde. Blonde. 
quite, quite blonde. And uh, at a certain point, I was just sort of tired of being, being so all, blonde. all white, all everywhere. Um, and just felt I needed a little contrast. And I needed it to feel more confident about myself yeah. and to feel pretty, you know, mm-hmm. in that way that girls want to do. Um, like, so, a, like yeah. a sort of a classic 1950s. Definitely. Well, I was I was absolutely inspired by some of those sort of classic redheads. Yeah, like the, Catherine the Hepburn. Or totally beautiful women from Rita Hayworth. From the classic Rita Hayworth, absolutely. Um, yeah, there's some, some really stunning women. There's a character on True Blood named Snooky Steakhouse. Yes? <laughs> is that right? Close. Weird on so many levels now. <laughs> what is it actually? Snooky Steakhouse. <laughs> I was way off. Yes, you um, Well, uh, we're going to find out after the break, what do Charles Dickens, John Deere, and Deborah Ann Wool have in common? Wool like bowl. Uh, we'll be right back with the answer. That's right, America. You guessed it. They were all born on February 7th. Good job. <laughs> and and along with the guy who uh, invented the periodic table. That's right. Dimitri something. Yes. I'm very proud of that. I'd like to buy a vowel. It's a bad Scrabble game. So yeah, Charles Dickens, John Deere, and Deborah Ann Wool all dyed their hair red and all were born on February 7th. No. 1985. 1985. Now we're going to quickly play a game. In the last episode, we had um, Troy Belisario from Pretty Little Liars, and we played a game with her where we gave her a bunch of quotes, and she had to guess whether or not they were from her show, Pretty Little Liars, or Golden Girls. <laughs> now, we're going to do that with you. Except, all right. Except it's not... Oh, dear. It's not at all Golden Girls. Alan Ball, turn off yeah. your computer. <laughs> it's, it's True Blood, the show from, I guess, 2008 it started? Yes. Or the 1994 movie True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jamie Lee Curtis. I used to watch that movie a lot. Tom Arnold. Oh, then you're going to be golden. It might be okay. I really don't think this is this. They're all (laughs) how did Troyan do? Perfect. But but to be honest, yeah, you're going to be you're going to be fine. Okay, cool. uh, Unfortunately, they're so obvious it it fails me. (laughs) Okay, but I did my best to make them sound like they could be from a different program. First quote from True Blood or True Lies with Deborah Ann. Whoa, like bowl. Do you think she's still a virgin? Yeah, and her little hormones are going off like a car alarm. True lies. Correct. One for one. Ding, ding, ding. Okay. I almost died last night again. True blood. <laughs> They're all so. Okay. The code name of your assignment will be Boris, and your code name will be. Doris. True lies. (laughs) See, this isn't fun anymore. (laughs) Okay, okay. I know what this is. This is an espresso machine. No, no, wait. It's a snow cone maker. Wait, is it a water heater? True lies. Correct. Come on, but can't you imagine anyone on your show saying that? Um. Who would say that? On your show. On our show about uh, probably Jason Stackhouse. Probably. Probably Jerry Stackhouse. He plays in the NBA. Yeah. Um... Well, let's say you did kill someone by accident. What would you do with the body? That's Jessica Hamby. <laughs> From True Lies. From no. True Lies. <laughs> um, okay. Kids, 10 seconds of joy, 30 years of misery. Wow. That's a good one. I think right? it's True Lies. Ah, oh, you're right. But it, but could it be, should be True right? Blood. It's good. Come on, True Blood writers. Get on it. You're yeah. being beat out by True Lies. Okay. Let's see if they beat this one out too. One of my favorites. From what? I don't know. 
going to the Piggly Wiggly for me is like going to the morgue for you. <laughs> Jessica Hamby on True Blood. Oh, Piggly Wiggly. It's the so piggly weird. Wiggly. Weems. There are no Piggly Wigglies in True Lies. Yeah, Piggly Wiggly. I, um, <laughs> Louisiana, did you go to a bunch of uh, Piggly Wigglies? Uh, no, I never went to Piggly Wiggly, Louisiana. But when we were staying there, uh, the hotel was next to a Waffle House. But the uh, W-A-F-F was, like, the lights were out, so it was just Le House. <laughs> which was really sort of fun. It's so fun. We're going to the Le House. Be our guests at Le House. <laughs> um, all right. Next quote from True Blood or True Lies, the 1994 movie with Governor Schwarzenegger. What can I say? I'm a spy. True lies. Correct. All right. You only have a couple left. You're, All cru- right. you're cruising. All right. 100%. Okay. I'm a foolish old man who's been drawn into a wild goose chase by a harpy in trousers and a nincompoop. Hmm. Oh. True grit? That's actually right. How, okay. dare, how dare you get that? <laughs> it actually was true grit, but not to be fooled. Yeah, that was Rooster Cogburn. <laughs> Uh, Academy Award uh, nominated performance you or did he win? Didn't he to win? Tricky. No, he didn't win. He didn't win. No. Uh, let's see. Who won that year? That was recent. <laughs> it was like <laughs> really, two years ago. Really 2010. Two hot ten. Hey, we'll have one of our our interns look it up. There you go. Um. All right. And the last one, True Blood or True Lies. Bill, you were just licking blood out of my head. I don't think it gets more personal than that. True Blood. <laughs> 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 Hundred percent. That was groovy. Well, that was overwhelming. Um, <laughs> but a hundred percent. I was telling you, you need, you need to have a socket in there. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to pay any rights. <laughs> As you can tell, they're uh, shaking the pockets dry. I, I'm pretty sure socket's in the public <laughs> domain by this point. Socket.com. Um, <laughs> so I think Fred Durst did it all for the socket. Isn't that a Limp Bizkit song? <laughs> Uh, so my question to you, Deborah Ann Wool, what is on the horizon slash what do we have to look forward to you in what, you know, seems to be, uh, a bullish career? Mm. Um, uh, well, I did a film with Marsha Gay Harden as, uh, one of the, when I got to work with her called Someday This Pain Will Be Useful to You. And, uh, that is actually opening at the Rome International Film Festival. So we're going to go out there and celebrate for that. And hopefully it'll come to the States at some point. Yeah, well, when in Rome, do as Marsha Gay Harden does. <laughs> um, and, uh, another film that I worked on that he loves me, um, which was, uh, written and, uh, starring in, uh, starring Zoe Kazan really fantastic script and and her uh, her boyfriend paul dano was in it as well and uh, i have sort of a smaller role but i loved the part and loved the movie mm-hmm. and i'm so glad to be just a, a small piece of it so i can't wait for everyone to see that yeah that i'm pretty excited for that it sounds like an awesome story mm-hmm. he loves me right he loves me coming out in 2012 mm-hmm. what if the world ends what if the world ends in before? 2012 well, they'll Isn't just that have, the plan? To, have to fit it in. The Come plan? On, guys. You're our lawyer. Edit, edit, edit. Yeah, faster. Get it out in January. Um, okay, trend. Uh, speaking of um, editing, uh, we want to sign off this part of the segment, and we mm-hmm. want to thank you for coming on. Thank you. And uh, we'll hear from you probably in a couple seconds. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, welcome back to TP with TP, the podcast with Tom Polis. I'm here with EJ Scott. EJ, what does the EJ stand for? Um, I, well, I, I, I always 
tell people it stands for Elton John. <laughs> but, um, um, some people believe me. But it, the truth is, uh, it stands for Edward Joseph and um, the third of of uh, my generation of EJs. Yeah. Um, but my uh, my dad goes by Edward, I go by EJ, and my grandfather went by Scotty because my last name's Scott. All right, I like that. And there are also dogs that go by Scotty's. Yeah. Wonderful dogs. Yeah. Um, now, EJ... Hi, everybody. EJ, or Elton John Scott, um, Scotty, is um, the boyfriend of Deborah, or she's the girlfriend of EJ. Thank you. Because um, <laughs> Elton, Elton John does not have girlfriends. No. <laughs> um, no matter how you slice it, EJ is battling CHM, or as it's pronounced... Choroideremia. Choroideremia. Um, and essentially, it leads to permanent vision loss over time. Right. And so what we wanted to do is get in sort of the science of it all and sort of um, get more of an awareness out there to you, our listeners. And um, Deborah is still here, and she's going to tell us sort of the, the science of a disease that inflicts 1 in 50,000 people. So Yeah, I'll try to be fairly brief and simple about it. Essentially... Um, uh, it's a, a hereditary disease that is uh, linked to the X chromosome. So it means that the women are carriers, but because they have another X, they most likely don't exhibit any symptoms. Uh, however, the men, since they have an X and a Y, they have no way to compensate. So all of the symptoms are present in the males. Um, it is basically a missing protein, uh, which protects the eye. Uh, so over time, the sunlight sort of destroys whatever um, protection there is and then slowly starts to erode the eye from the periphery in. So uh, EJ at this point only has some central vision. Um, okay, and so it's, it, it's weakening because the layers are, are breaking down. Um, the layers of protection, yes. Yeah, and that's known, that's known as the choroid, and that's mm-hmm. why it's called choroideremia. Exactly. Um, Thanks, Deb. <laughs> good job, Deb. Uh, I like uh, science. Dr. Wool. But, but there is... There is uh, uh, yeah, it's true. Most women don't go blind from it, but like my sister and my mom, they do have like sort of a little bit of symptoms of what I have, like light sensitivity, yeah. trouble mm-hmm. seeing in the dark, things like that. So, uh, so th- it's weird though. So females can exhibit something, but they'll usually there's I heard of like two or three cases where the women actually do go blind and- from it. But I for, don't know. for you, when did it start? Or when does it start for people normally? Where did you fall into that average? I started noticing things when I was a teenager. I didn't get diagnosed till I was 27. I'm 35 now. I'll be 36 next month. Wow. But um, well, You can run for president. You're 35. I'm not, not going <laughs> to. Um, well, we'll get to you running in a little bit. <laughs> okay. That's the next podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I started noticing things at 15, around 15, you know, around teenage. Uh, I was having trouble seeing things i'd knock things over uh peripherally i was i guess i was missing some stuff there and um yeah, as far as like uh dimly lit places I, I would have trouble seeing uh now it's just now I'm, I'm all the way where i'm walking with a cane and um just to try to not bump into as much things as uh, as i do or can it seems like the type of thing where they're putting a lot of money into it, a lot of research, mm. and it seems so hard to find a result. What have they What have they found it's, so far? I mean, uh, comparatively, a lot of research, a lot of money, and not not so much research and so much money compared to other things. Of course, um, because it's such a sort of rare thing, and um, there are other things out there affecting more people. So those are the things that are getting more 
more attention. And um, but uh, there are a handful of doctors around the world really dedicating their lives to uh, to looking for a cure. And um, uh, there's a guy named Dr. McDonald in Canada, uh, Dr. Siabra in France. There's uh, Dr. Bennett. Bennett in the States. Um, so these people are really making making strides. Um, uh, Dr. Bennett uh, was able to help um, a kid, right? Mm-hmm. A kid with a Lieber's, which is another eye disease that causes blindness. Um, she helped him gain some of his sight back, and she thinks she can do the same thing with choroideremia. So she needs uh, a couple million bucks, I think about three, to really start the uh, start the uh, phase one human trials. The mm-hmm. tricky thing with choroideremia as well is unlike some other sight diseases where the photoreceptor cells just shut down, uh, choroideremia, the photoreceptor cells are destroyed. So you're either looking to halt the degeneration before too much is lost, or you're looking at actual stem cell regrowth, right. uh, which is a much more complicated process. Is it a, is it a thing of the eye not getting enough nutrients and mm-hmm. oxygen Proteins. to the blood vessels? Protein. Proteins. Yeah. And which so protect, they can't. They can't. Which, right. Which feed the choroid, which is what's protecting his eyes from the sun. And uh, yeah. And so, so wait. It's <laughs> a matter of night vision loss at first, but it's truly the sun that hurts it. Uh, the sun is not good for the eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will progress it faster. I wear like these big sunglasses. I wear a hat all the time, uh, and I just avoid the sun whenever possible. Really. Now. What you've done is incredibly commendable because you've not just, you know, sort of been all mopey about it. You're, you're taking action, you're bringing awareness to it. And by doing something that's incredibly difficult for someone with sight, you've been running marathons. Well, and marathon. Marathon, but <laughs> the plan is marathons. Um, I have engaged in one myself and it is excruciating and I can't imagine what, you know, you've gone through. So can you tell everyone the game plan because I think this is really cool. Thanks. And uh, for the record, I do mope about. <laughs> Sometimes I've been, I've had definitely had my mopey days, uh, but uh, but I do find uh, that doing something is better than moping about it. You know, yeah, uh, it does help me. But uh, so last year, I, I I was a big fat guy, and I decided that. I needed to lose weight, and my girlfriend helped me um, uh, figure out a way to lose weight. And uh, so I was sponsored per pound to lose weight and give the money to the Corridorini Research Foundation. I lost 70 pounds. Yeah. And I raised about, what, $14,000 uh, just from losing 70 pounds. And uh, I did it in a healthy way. And, uh, <laughs> and then I put back a lot of that weight in an unhealthy way but uh but before <laughs> i did that before i did that i wanted to see if i could uh run a marathon so i started training for a marathon after uh, around around the, the end of when i lost most of that weight and i trained for about nine months and i knew if i ran a marathon i couldn't do it unless i was blindfolded because of that that sun so i i ran a marathon two half marathons first um, at, for part of my training, and then uh, all in Chicago, and uh, and then I ran a full one with a guide, um, 
you know, last October, a year ago, which is just, just a year ago now. And uh, so now coming up, I've, uh, I was able to get some publicity out in Chicago, which was great. And I thought maybe I could, maybe I could get more publicity if I did something really crazy. <laughs> and um, so in usually how it works. Yeah. So I was thinking like of David Blaine type stuff, like what freeze yourself do? in yeah, a block of ice, freeze myself, walk across tightrope walks, or stand on a pole for a week or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, date Fiona Apple. <laughs> hey. uh, oh, yeah. Uh -oh. Sorry, can't do that. Trouble um, in paradise. <laughs> so. Uh, I decided I'd run more marathons, and this time, because it's 2012, I would run 12 marathons in 2012, one in each, and one in a different state, and try to uh, raise an average of $12,000 or more per marathon, which would be 144000 in total. Um, and the reason that's so nuts is that like Olympians and <laughs> people who run marathons for a living, you know, that's that's their schedule city to city marathon to marathon and the fact that you're doing that coupled with trying to raise the money because mm -hmm. they're pretty much you know sponsored during their own thing you're raising right. the money you're raising awareness and you're raising hell on the race it's just unbelievable <laughs> yeah so and, and, what, and, what's the what's the, you know the game i'll plan? be i'll be blindfolded for all of them as well and um i have a few cousins that are really great runners and they'll uh they'll be helping me for for them and um, I'll be flying people around all over the country. and What um, is the, for you, because I know when I ran mine, I think in everyone, there's there's the wall you hit. How is that wall different for you, running blindfolded? How is it different for me? I don't know if it is different for me. I, I, you just feel it in your legs? You I, just, felt, I felt the wall or, for that. I last, felt about five walls also. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it depends what you mean by wall. But like <laughs> emotionally, I hit a wall about 22 miles into my last into that marathon I ran last year and uh and uh, I was you know I was just like I was just spent but uh I was determined to uh to finish it out um and it's tricky it's tricky being blindfolded and doing it cuz I'm 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 basically two people wide cuz I'm holding on to somebody and so we can't exactly weave in and out and uh if we needed to, it, it, it gets tr it gets a little tricky. It gets a little tricky. So where can people go to find out how to support you? Because guarantee you'll get some people who are listening right now to find this website or wherever it is. Well, I hope so. That'd be nice. Um, I am on the Facebook and the Twitter. And if you type in EJ Scott into either of those, you should find me. Um, uh, I would say type in Croideremia too, if you, if you can. But you might you might be okay if you type in CHM or something like that. But if if uh, you can figure out how to spell chordoremia, yeah, type, you win, <laughs> you win. And uh, and there are pages uh, on Twitter and and Facebook to uh, join and help spread the word. If you have no money, you can't afford to donate even a dollar. Well, you could help post and retweet and all that stuff, and that would be really very helpful. Um, uh, oh, I have a blog spot. I have an ejcurechm.blogspot.com. Um, you can read about my blogs. That you can read about. You can read blogs there and donate. I'd rather read about your blogs. Yeah, than read you can read blog. about my blogs. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the main website is curechm.org, and that's where you can uh, you can donate to my hundred forty-four thousand dollar goal. 
and uh, read more about the disease and what other people are doing and research and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I can give you the spelling if, if you think that would help people. I doubt it. Um, you're, a, you're a Vanna <laughs> White. <laughs> Flip over the letters, Vanna. Uh, C-H-O-R-O-I-D-E-R-E-M-I-A. Choroideremia. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> Ding. You move on to the next round. Well done, Deb. <laughs> spelling bee winner. I'm a nerd. Yeah, thank you. Um, but uh, also something cool about EJ is um, that he's, as you can tell, charming, funny man. Thank he uh, has received a pretty sweet award uh, when he lived in Chi-Town, Chicago. Um, mm. And uh, it was the Chris Farley Award. And everyone knows and loves Chris Farley. And uh, what was the award for? Uh, well, I, I, I mean, I was living in Chicago at the time, but I actually got it in Los Angeles. Um, I was at, way off. At, <laughs> no, I blame really, the interns. Not really. Um, at I.O. West... Uh, on Hollywood Boulevard, um, it was. It's for every year they give out the award during the uh, Improv Festival to somebody that's basically done stuff in comedy and and done stuff for a charity. And usually it's somebody that's associated with uh, the theater. And I did a lot of uh, improv at that theater, so they were very kind. And uh, and the Farley brothers, um, uh, Kevin and John, came by and and wish to be well and that was pretty awesome to meet those guys and have them there that's really special yeah an awesome experience and well deserved thank you thank you Deb and EJ thank you for coming on the show again EJ you're from New York y'all I'm from Long Island yeah strong island it's it's basically New York (laughs) so yeah Uh, so we've got three New Yorkers around a microphone right now it's pretty powerful are you from where in Long Island I'm from Melville Melville I've been to a Marriott in a Melville (laughs) I did the best Marriott. Was it nice? Yeah, it was. A, I I actually stayed at Marriott <laughs> Melville. I was visiting my grandma. Um, that's hilarious. I feel like everybody's grandma lives on Long Island or Florida. At least yeah. if you're from New York. But I don't know if that's true. That's true. I mean, they're flyover states. <laughs> not so much. Um, but we're gonna fly off to our next segment. But we want to thank Deb and EJ for coming on. Appreciate it. Uh, sure. A worthy cause. Check out all those sites. Check out EJ's blog spot, his Facebook, his Twitter. EJ Please. Scott or CHM or Corridoremia and um, 12 whatever. marathons in 12 months. It's yeah. going to be... Whatever, whatever, if anybody out there knows anybody that is, has a newspaper or a TV show or has any connections to anything, where I'm always trying to get publicity for the foundation and for this thing that I'm doing. So uh, look for me. You can, I'm very accessible, so yeah. you can find me. and Spread the word, people. Spread the word, please. Absolutely. Really Thank you so much. All Thank right. You. Thanks for coming on. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to TP with TP. We are nearing New Year's. That means the end of our show, but we appreciate you guys tuning in. Next episode is going to be off the charts. We want to uh, let you know that we're going to have... Hello? Oh. Hey, guy from uh, my apartment complex. What are you doing here? Oh, I, I mean, it technically is your apartment complex, but what are you doing in our studio? Well, I, I mean, I haven't been to the apartment complex recently. I've been uh, sleeping out by City Hall. So are you part of the um, Occupy LA movement? Occupy Wall Street, whatever they're calling it? In a manner of speaking. Uh, well, I always love your manner of speaking, so evolve, please. Uh, well, I've been, I've been in downtown handing out crossword puzzles and Sudokus. Uh, I'm, I'm participating in Preoccupy Los Angeles. Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, I think people are paying too much attention to what they're doing. 
Yes. And you'd be more preoccupied. I think you might be the only person in the history of Southern California who thinks people are paying attention too much in this region. Well, if broadcast television is any barometer, it's that, uh, <laughs> you know, people are way too on the ball. Yeah. Um, well, we just talked about Alan Ball from True Blood earlier in the show, but we're just going to segue right along. So what have you been up to? I heard you've actually been doing something television related. Talk to me about that. Oh, yes. Well, uh, your viewers will be able to see me on season four, episode 11 of uh, <laughs> 90210. Hey, congratulations, guy from the apartment complex. Very cool. Who are you playing? What should we expect to see you as? Well, I am, I am I'm a featured extra. Um, why, why did you just cover your mouth there? What was that? Oh, I have this, this cold going around. Um, uh, it's called being a featured extra. <laughs> a featured extra. Mm-hmm. That's that's cool. It's a great way to you know uh, be a part of something great. What what are you um what are you featured doing? Well, I uh, I, I play a rock star. No, oh. um, naturally. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's this really there's there's gonna be this really cool scene where you see me uh, on on your television performing <laughs> as a rock star. Uh, but little it's a tidbit. The uh, concert was completely silent. Oh, I see. And, and really, what probably is my last chance to be a rock star. <laughs> I was going to say, Buster <laughs> Keaton over here. I, uh, I was standing on stage, but it was very important that we not make any sound. So I have this guitar. So were you just like mouth screaming? What were you doing? Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be like a killer's, like Kings of Leon, kind uh-huh. of rock out of a concert. But they wanted it to be as quiet as possible. Now, I know you. Uh, I see you around the parking lot all the time. You clearly have that within you, that story, that rock star. Can you talk to our viewers about how they put you in a position to look more like a rock star than you actually are? Well, I, I, w- I was told to come down in, in my, quote, full hipster glory. It's uh, <laughs> an interesting choice of words. I like it. And, and so I, I, I see hipsters, and I, I, uh, I wore these really short shorts and this tight sweater, uh, but apparently that wasn't what they were looking for because they put me in these purple, flat Dolce & Gabbana shoes, no heel, um, <laughs> with uh, skinny purple jeans skinny. and a, a black tank top that just said, hell is so hot right now. Now, the irony of that shirt blows me away, just like the heat from hell. Um, the image is like so sharp in my mind, I'm... I'm really excited to see season four, episode eleven. Nine hundred two one zero. Nine hundred two one zero, y'all. Um, That's the name of the show, not the episode number. Yes, we would all be so lucky if we went ninety thousand two hundred ten episodes. If anything, nine hundred two one zero. Um, you are known on this program to our um, devout following, who we really appreciate. Uh, to why are you laughing? <laughs> to uh, um. Give some really good puns. Do you have any puns for us this week? Oh, well, as you may have heard... Anything pungent? Nice. Thanks. Uh, the city of Tehran is <laughs> is embroiled in scandal. Because, as you may know, uh, in that country, in order to be an MC of a reality TV show, you have to meet pretty stringent guidelines. And the MC of the most popular show is refusing to give over his birth certificate thus leading to speculation as to what year he was born, thus resulting in the Iranian host age crisis. I don't even know what to say to that. It's very rare that a guy from my apartment complex gets worked up. Oh my god, you get worked up all the time. But I'm entertained by it. 
what are you worked up about this week? I heard you going on and on about something today, but I don't want to spoil it for listeners. What were you going on and on about? Well, it's it's not really going on so much as the launch of a larger campaign. Go on. Well, going I, um, on. I I can't help but find bless you to be just the most annoying and unnecessary part of my day. Like, it makes me not want to sneeze. No, okay, so when you say bless you, you mean like someone sneezes a chew, and you just say, God bless you, or bless you. It, yeah, and, and people say bless you. Yeah, people you don't know. Is that what bothers you, or is it just that people saying bless you in general? It's it's all of it. Like, it's, it, it's completely unnecessary. I don't like that, like, I feel obligated when other people... For instance, um, I live with this guy, and uh, he's... he's uh, I don't know, um, polite, and I sneeze. We could all be so lucky, yes. I sneeze, and he insists on saying, bless you. Right. If I'm in the other room, it, even though it, it does not matter to me at all, one bit, if he says bless you to me. I've even announced that I will not say bless you to him. So you're just unmoved by, uh, I'm not going to say common courtesy, because it's not common, apparently. What, what would you have anyone say instead nothing needs to be said nothing so just everyone sneezing all over the place when i cough you know nobody has to say anything it, i mean you know what should, well, why don't we come up with something what could people say if you cough if well, no i don't I you don't know, want i'm anything. trying to eliminate you don't want people talking anymore yeah, <laughs> you just want you just want people being preoccupied in LA. in an ideal world in a perfect world so your favorite dwarf was not Sneezy. Seven dwarfs. No, it's not it's not sneezing. Sneezing is not the problem. It's it's the um it's the The social etiquette that comes with the delusion. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the 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 massive lie that we've told ourselves that if we do not say bless you, something bad will happen. So cause you don't like the a chew. God bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. You don't like that. It's just too much. Yeah. I do love hearing about people's automobiles or anything that's new. How's um how's your car these days? You've got a pretty cool car. Uh well Isaac, the the two thousand yellow Volkswagen Beetle. Ah. He's he's entering into the final stages. Twilight breaking dawn. Yeah. The saga continues. You know, there's no diagnosis, but Diagnosis murder. <laughs> There's no diagnosis, but there is a prognosis. Yeah. Prognosis negative. <laughs> um, well, we hope everything gets better. Better. I just said better, like cave batter. Everything gets better with your car. Uh, Popeyes, they say, I hope everything gets battered. And we're done. All right, that's our program. Thank you so much for checking us out. We really appreciate it. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We want to take this moment to thank our guests. Thank you, Deborah Ann Wool, E.J. Scott, Guy from My Apartment Complex. Special thanks to Sammy J for the rhythms. Thank you, Bop, as always. Thank you, Trent. You'll see us next time, or you'll hear us next time, on TP with TP. That's the podcast with Tom Polos. Happy New Year's. <laughs>